0: Now I invite you to please pray with me. Lord God, take my words and speak through them. Take our hearts this morning and speak to them. Holy Spirit, bring conviction to our hearts through your word and initiate healing and transformation in our lives, all for the glory of your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, you may have noticed this morning that there's a common theme in our scripture readings, the shepherd. We will have four points in our sermon today. The first is the problem. The second is the shepherd. Then, the good shepherd. And finally, your shepherd. Now, shepherd is an occupation and a concept that occurs throughout Holy Scriptures, From Genesis through to the end. In Scriptures, the Lord is repeatedly referred to as shepherd of his people, who are repeatedly referred to as sheep. And in Scriptures, leaders are also referred to as shepherds. And that's where we find our first point this morning the problem, as we look at Ezekiel 34. The Lord, through the prophet Ezekiel, rails against the leaders of his people, Israel. He refers to them as shepherds, and he calls them out for not caring for the sheep, but instead feeding and caring for themselves, self-centered leadership. Ezekiel 34.4 said, "...the weak you have not strengthened." The sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. This isn't a good shepherd in God's eyes. And the Lord condemns the leaders of his people for their self-centered, self-serving attitudes, declaring, I am against those shepherds. And he says, I will rescue my sheep from them. So what's our first point, the problem? The problem is sin. The shepherds are sinful. Sin is the problem. Every man and woman is affected by sin. We all fail to follow the Lord perfectly and obey him perfectly. There's no one who's perfect, no one who's without sin. And under the influence of sin, we, like the shepherds, are selfish, self-centered, self-serving. Not loving our brother, as the letter of 1 John said. The earthly shepherds mentioned in Ezekiel are sinful. And they lead sinfully, selfishly, self-servingly, and God rejects them. And if we had continued to read in Ezekiel, we would have encountered the answer To our second point, the shepherd. Who is the rightful, proper, faithful shepherd? Well, we find out it's the Lord. From Ezekiel 34, verses 11 and 15. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. And in following verses, the Lord says, I will seek the lost. He says, he'll do the opposite of the poor shepherds. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will be the shepherd of my people. So the problem is sin. Every shepherd, man and woman, falls short of God's standard. God's answer thankfully, is not for the shepherds to try harder or for us to be better or to do a better job. His answer is that he himself will take over and be shepherd, the shepherd of his people. To all those who turn and follow him, I will be your shepherd, the Lord declares. Now I invite you to turn to page 458. If you were here at the beginning of the service, you may have uh, kept your... A piece of paper there, page 458. We're now going to look at our opening psalm, Psalm 23. Page 458 in your pew Bibles. And here we will dig into our second point, the shepherd. What is a shepherd? We know the Lord is shepherd of his people, but what is a shepherd and what will that mean for his people, his people under him, his sheep? One thing you have to understand before we dig into this passage, before we enter into the discussion of the shepherd, is what it means to be sheep under the shepherd. There's a word you have to keep in mind, and that is following. Everything we discuss is dependent upon following the shepherd. Sheep must follow the shepherd or they'll be lost. They'll be on their own. They'll be left to their own devices. They'll be in danger. They will be all of the things we just discussed. They will be injured. They will be weak. They will stray. This is all dependent on following. Say it with me. Following. Okay, you might remember that now. So verse 1 of Psalm 23, it begins... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The author here, King David, he knows his shepherd. He knows who his shepherd is, the Lord. The Lord is his shepherd. He declares that the God Almighty is my shepherd, and therefore, I shall not want. This clearly means that one will not be in need if they are following the Lord as shepherd. But also, by implication, the Hebrew here can mean that one will not fail. With the Lord as shepherd, he will provide, and I will not fail. If you faithfully follow the Lord, you will not fail. Although to the world, you may look like a failure. You may feel like a failure. But if you're following his shepherding, his leadership, as he leads You will not fail. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I have quiet waters in my head and I knew that wasn't right. He makes me lie down. Now this can mean for rest. Makes me lie down, but the Hebrew also has a sense of crouching, which can be used for protection or for hiding. He makes me lie down. He causes me to lie down. Now one must be following and listening for the shepherd's voice to know when to lie down. Here is where you lie down. Even if, well, there's nothing here good for me, it may be for your protection. There we have following. The sheep must be listening for the shepherd's voice. And it says, he leads me beside still waters. Not just to water, but to still calm water. This shepherd leads with care. He makes me lie down with care. For protection, for rest, for refreshment, and ultimately for his goals and purposes. Now verse 3. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He, the shepherd, will restore you. Boy, is that good news. He restores you. He brings back health, restoring, refreshing, repairing. And this isn't just in your physical body. But the author writes, he restores my soul, the core of your inner being, the seat of your emotions, all of you, his direction, his caring leadership is worth following. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Literally, this can be translated, he guides me or brings me along a trench or a track. You get the idea there. It's in a very specific direction, perhaps a well-worn path, and it's his path. He will lead you in what is just or right, like accurate weights and measures on a scale, in paths of righteousness. Why? What's the purpose of those paths? For his name's sake. For the sake, for the glory of his name, he leads you. You will never fail in his eyes if you are bringing glory to his name, even though the world may reject you. All for his name's sake does he lead you in that trench or that track that is his path. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. The shepherd comforts and protects his sheep. His rod and his staff alleviate fear because the sheep know that they are safe. They are protected as he has his staff with which he can whack the predators. They're not afraid. They're not fearful of their surroundings. Now note the beginning of verse 4. Even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say the Lord, even though the Lord leads me into the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk. Sometimes we just walk. And even though I walk through, I like the Jewish translation there. Instead of the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of deepest darkness. I know some of you were there. While it doesn't say the Lord leads you there, it does say while you walk there, He will be with you. He is there. For His sheep, He is there. The shepherd is with you. With the shepherd beside you, you will not need to fear or be afraid, for He will give you comfort with His rod. Of course, that rod and that staff is also a weapon but an instrument also for discipline, where he might have to whack you, the sheep, get back on the path. We don't necessarily like that part. But the shepherd does use the staff on his straying sheep. His sheep are comforted by his leadership, by his protection, and they're also comforted as children are by their parents. The sheep are comforted by his discipline. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You prepare a table before me. The shepherd provides, spreads out a bountiful provision for his sheep. He gives them what they need. Under the shepherd, remember verse 1 you will not be in want. Here you understand a fuller sense of why. Because he will provide for you. He will give you his perfect provision. And in doing so, it says, you anoint my head with oil. I thought that was a simple, straightforward thing. You remember Samuel anointed King David as a child and poured the oil over his head, anointed him. But when I looked at those two verses, there's a different Hebrew word used. In Samuel, where he's anointing King David, it has the sense of painting, rubbing, anointing with oil. Whereas this verse here in Psalm 23 has a sense of anointing, but it can literally be translated, you make me fat. You fatten me. That's the sense of the anointing. The shepherd's provision here richly sustains you. He anoints you with his provision and your cup overflows with his goodness. Under the shepherd's leadership, you're satisfied. You're prosperous. He fattens you, lacking nothing. What a sweet provision from the Lord under his shepherding. And that leaves us with verse 6. Those of you who have your Bibles open, let's read this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Under the shepherd, verse 6, goodness and mercy will be with you every day. And you will always be in God's presence, in right relationship with the Lord. And this is one of my favorite terms, the term here, Hebrew term for mercy. Which is, it's a term that you feel when someone speaks it to you, because it's a physical word. Chesed. Now, you're going to say it. Ready? Chesed. Okay, you got to get more ch in it. Ready? Chesed. There it is, one of my favorite words because it doesn't just mean mercy, but it encompasses steadfast love, unfailing love, faithfulness, and favor from God, chesed. As you follow the shepherd, the only true shepherd, he promises his goodness, his chesed will be with you forever. Forever. And with his chesed on you, you will dwell in his presence. You will feel his nearness and he will be with you in the valley of deepest darkness or on the mountain of joy and prosperity. That is the shepherd and what it means for sheep who follow him. Say that word with me. Chesed. Okay, you're getting better. The good shepherd is our third point. That was the shepherd. Now we turn our attention to the good shepherd. In our reading from John 10, Jesus takes upon himself this identity that the Lord declared in Psalm 23. He takes upon himself this divine role as shepherd, but he declares, I am the good shepherd, not the new shepherd, not the Lord's shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Now, our English language misses the depth of this meaning. Good is used for so many erroneous things nowadays. That was a good meal. Not a great meal. That was a good meal. That's a good car. That was a good game. Can't say that for the last Penguins game. That was a good fill-in-the-blank. The Greek word here is kalos. And as the word chesed has a much deeper meaning in the Hebrew, kalos carries with it the sense of beautiful, excellent, eminent, surpassing, precious, commendable, admirable. That's the good shepherd, the magnificent shepherd. That's what Jesus declares of himself. I am the magnificent shepherd. And what distinguishes himself there? I lay down my life for the sheep. And that's not the end. In verse 17, Jesus lays down his life. He says that he may take it up again. Jesus declares he is the good shepherd who will surrender his life for the sheep, laying it down, paying the price for their problem, sin, restoring them into right relationship with God, into God's chesed, and then he will take up his life again in his resurrection. That is the good, the magnificent shepherd who also declared the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I love the message translation. I, I I came so they may have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Abundant life is given for those who follow the good shepherd. And that brings us back to chesed. Mercy, steadfast love, faithfulness, favor, filling your cup, fattening you with his provision, his love, his mercy, walking with you in the valley of deepest darkness. This is what you have through faith in Jesus Christ. God's chesed, real life now, eternal life, after physical death. So we've covered the problem, sin, the shepherd, the good shepherd, and we end with our final point your shepherd. But it's a question Who is your shepherd? Who does your daily life declare to be your shepherd from an outside observer? The shepherd, the one that you are following. Is your life marked by Psalm 23, shepherd? His guidance, his provision, his protection, his path, his chesed. Or is your life marked by another? Perhaps the shepherd of culture, the shepherd of prosperity, the shepherd of people-pleasing, making others happy. The shepherd of fear, the shepherd of selfish self-satisfaction. What does your life reveal to be? Who does your life reveal to be your shepherd? In our reading from John 10, Jesus declared, I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. If you're following Jesus, the good shepherd, you're known by him intimately known by him, and you know him intimately if you're following him. Jesus says here, in the same relational way that he and the Father know each other, there is no closer relationship. And that's how Jesus, the shepherd, knows you if you put your faith in him. That's chesed, rich, vibrant, abundant life. Does your worship Reflect Jesus' Lordship and His shepherdship, or His shepherding in your life, how you worship when you worship? Does your tithing and giving to the church reflect Jesus as your shepherd? Does your personal me time in media and screen time and downtime does that reflect Jesus as Lord and shepherd? Does your time or lack of time in community with other sheep, i.e. the church, does that reflect Jesus as shepherd? Jesus is the only way to eternal life, he said. The only way to chesed, abundant life, in this life and after death. The only way to experience God's love, mercy, restoration in life's valleys of deep darkness. Who is your shepherd? And if it's not Jesus, the good shepherd, I pray you will turn or return to him this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.